0: Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders who are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders of teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and creating life-changing years for the people they lead. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Scipio. The number one challenge every salesperson faces right now is how to have more conversations with more potential customers and land more appointments. And that's why you need to check out Scipio today. I've had too many sales leaders share with me how Scipio has transformed their ability to make contact with customers faster and easier than ever before. If you don't have texting as part of your modern sales process, you need to. Scipio has the best automated texting platform I've ever seen. Scipio's texting platform will help you build personalized relationships at scale in an authentic way your customers will appreciate. Salespeople using Scipio, they say big things happen. They're seeing a 5x improvement in landing appointments and a 40% lift in show rates. And that leads to more conversations, which we all know leads to more sales. And while the results speak for themselves, don't take my word for it. Head over to Scipio.com and use the code ROB, that's R-O-B, for a 30-day trial on the plan of your choice, courtesy of the Sales Leadership Podcast. Again, that's Scipio.com and use the code ROB to see just how good a modern messaging platform can be. Now, get ready for some serious insights from this week's sales leader who's making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello, and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. We've had an amazing run of guests on the show, and today we're taking things up another notch with a guest I'm really excited to introduce. Angela McManaman is the Vice President of Sales for Crunchbase. Crunchbase is having crazy growth right now as they connect people to opportunities all around the world. Her work at Crunchbase is helping sales teams get account-based selling done right, and the results speak for themselves. But Ange isn't a one-hit wonder. She's had a long history of sales leadership success with global sales leadership roles at several massive success stories, including big stops at places like Notel, Stack Overflow, and Amazon. Now, along the way, Ange has turned a lot of heads. She's spoken at many important events, she's the recipient of several awards, and she's on almost every single sales leadership who's who list you're ever going to see. And after the conversation that she and I have today, I'm sure you're gonna understand why. Listen, Ange is a fantastic sales leader, one that I've been trying to get on the show for a long time. And I am pumped to have her join me today in an important conversation for sales leaders everywhere. Ange, welcome to the show, and thanks for joining us.
1: Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me.
0: Super good to have you. I'm so excited, Ange. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a long, long time. You're doing amazing things. You've done some amazing things, scooped up your share of awards along the way, and I'm really excited to talk shop with you for a little bit today.
1: Awesome. Me too. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. Why don't we start by just having you introduce what you're doing at Crunchbase, what you do for your customers, and, and uh, just give our listeners a little bit of background on, on who you are and what you're doing in sales right now.
1: Yeah. So VP of sales at Crunchbase, I'm sure everybody has heard of Crunchbase. We are um, building out a software tool to help sales teams find and close deals faster, um, mm-hmm. mainly through an account-based selling tactic. So we are um, kind of taking, you know, the next level of helping sales teams. Which is there's a lot of tools out there. Um, I think we're doing a really damn good job of, of what we have. I've been in sales for quite a long time. Uh, kind of, you know, kind of fell into sales. Uh, <laughs> right. um, didn't really say like, I want to be a salesperson when I grow up. Uh, graduated college, wor- worked at a, um, an ad agency and I was like, woof, this is not for me. It was the dot com boom. I started selling, uh, SMB sales and to restaurants, spas, bars, r- walking around New York City. And I was like, loved it. Um, I it it so became cool. really became really good at it, and then I was like, "Oh wow, th- there's some good money here." Um, and then that, <laughs> and I was that's it. I was just like, I was wrapped into it, money motivated. Um, you know, in my early twenties, and and then kind of have gone throughout my career to different segments. Um, you know, different industries, and kind of have a, a wide variety of experience.
0: Yeah, that's one of the things I like about your background. Um. You, you've you been in the game for a, a bit, but what I like is you've seen it in a number of different industries. So your perspective on what works in sales and you've done it at a high level as an individual contributor. You've done it as a high level as a sales leader. Uh, I'm really excited, uh, just to get into, to what we're seeing and what's working for you right now as we have thousands of people ready to listen to, uh, what we got to talk about today. So thanks for sharing that. And I, I loved what you also said. You didn't grow up saying, I want to be in sales. I, I, I love that you just <laughs> built that into your story. Um, I was supposed to be a first baseman for the Dodgers. I know it, you know, but somehow <laughs> yeah, I ended up in yeah, sales. So. It didn't <laughs> work out that way, right? Did, the, did next next thing, the next
1: That's thing, right. though. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it, it's true, though. That's one of my favorite things about sales. I think it, people often raise their eyebrows when I say it's the closest thing to being a professional athlete. Because there's one winner and everybody else loses in every, every single pursuit. And uh, and the more I practice or the more I prepare, the better that you seem to do in each sales opportunity. So I've often it's also, yeah.
1: it's also a team sport, right? Like there's 100%. yeah, I mean there's so much individual um, style and performance there, but you 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 do better, you perform better when you have a strong group with you uh, moving up the, at the same direction. So I'm kind of a big fan of that. Um, this the, the sports analogy is like run deep with me in sales. So, um, and I think you too. So well, it stage. does
0: with me. And, and, and I, I appreciate that. That's okay with you because I know sometimes people raise their eyebrows, but I, I really do think that that level of competition and teamwork is a massive difference maker between winning and losing and in, in what we do as salespeople. So agreed. Yep. So we're at a really interesting time. This time of year is always an interesting one. We, we're getting, we got the holidays on the horizon. Yeah. Right, right behind that is the end of fiscal year kickoff for next year. So we have this juxtapose that's going on right now of how do I finish strong? Uh, how do I get ready for next year? If we we're in the horse race right now, if this was the Kentucky Derby, you'd be hearing the announcer saying, and down the stretch they come. Right. You know, how, how do you balance those two? Is this, I think this might be an interesting way to get, to get started. What are you seeing right now? And this time of year creates an interesting challenge specifically for sales leaders, I think.
1: Yeah, I I agree. So I think a couple things, it's all about performance in Q4. I mean, it's our, it's our monster quarter where, you know, things are, you make or break kind of your, your year and also your commission and your bonus. And so I think at this point it is um, putting the, you know, the pedal and the metal, as far as what's working and what's, and what is not, it's kind of thinking about 2022 and how you're going to restructure that. So if that makes sense, right. Um, I think it's, you know, double down on activity, double down on, on your, you know, just your performance and your kind of metrics and your cold calling and your, your emailing. And um as a sales leader, I think it's also really important to just get into the weeds one-on-one with your individuals, right? Like what the hell are you doing day in and day day out? And what what is working? Let's like, let's double down on that. So, and then on the flip side, what is isn't working? Well, that's kind of the bigger question of how you're going to really structure um, and kind of, you know, turn the leaf per se for 2022. Culture is a big part of how I lead and what I do. And I think if you don't have a good culture coming into Q4 or like now, um, how are you going to restructure, rebrand, and kind of refocus in 2022? So that's that's what I would be working on because as we all know, like Q4 has to be a monstrous quarter and typically is um, and ensuring that you kind of hit those numbers.
0: Okay, so this is this is really great. I'm glad you brought this up. Culture is something that people are talking to me about a lot right now. Uh, with the people that I'm working with, other people that have been on the show, it's, it's something I've never dedicated a show to. And I know we weren't planning on dedicating a show to it necessarily today. Um, but I am interested now that you brought that up. It's a big word. It's, it's sometimes a fuzzy word. Sometimes it's a fat word, right? When you say culture. I'm really interested in what that means to you because I have a lot of, of thoughts about that. I'd love to talk about that for a second. How do you build culture? What is culture? What's our responsibility as leaders to do it? How do we do it? Any, any of the both?
1: Yeah. So there's so much there. So I think, yeah. uh,
0: sorry, yeah. by the way.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it's super important to me. And I think um, first and foremost, the company that you're at and join, needs to have a strong culture. And sometimes you don't really know that until you kind of jump in and and see it, but obviously good values and you agree with the mission. Great. But how are they emulating those values? Right. How does it go on day to day to day? And then for me, I'm adding a layer of sales culture to it. So one thing that I, I, you know, I really want to, to be a strong leader in, is that kind of that team, um, you know, what we just talked about with kind of the sports analogy, right? Like, I don't ever want anyone on my sales team to like get jealous, to get um, mad, to like uh, like go look at somebody's Salesforce notes to kind of see what's going on with their deals. Like one team, one dream is really kind of the 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 baseline, right? Like, and that and that's how you do ROE. That's how you kind of you know do commission. And that's like as a leader, like be fair, right? So. That's first and foremost. And when there's and when there's that jealousy or is that like kind of internal competition, it's a little healthy, but not, not too much where there's, yeah. just, there's just too much friction. You have to understand where that's coming from. And, and again, is it the commission plan? Is it the ROE? Is it how you're working accounts, assigning accounts, et cetera? And so baseline, that needs to be be good. Um, I also do, <laughs> um, I, you know, just to keep things easy, right? Like I my ethos is five Ps. So professionalism, prepare, process, uh, perform and play. So if you look at those five Ps, it's pretty easy to break down, but, you know, being professional, right. Being the, you know, business acumen is unprecedented. Like it is the most important thing. You're the subject matter expert. You know, everything about the products. um, And you're just, you're just that kind of admirable salesperson. You look at prepare. Like I think this is one thing that salespeople take um, for granted. As as we get right, as we get, as we continue to go through our career, we're like, ah, we don't need to prepare for that. We don't need to look at their LinkedIn profile. We don't need to, you know, get our discovery questions and our our, and our PowerPoint ready. I think um, that's one thing where it's just we need a reminder, right? It's 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 wildly important. Process. I'm a big process person. I never was when I was selling. And now that I'm a leader, I I certainly am because uh, it just it kind of it's the train that we're on and it makes everything um, fall into place, especially when you are scaling and growing, um, you know, at a a high fast startup. So uh, making sure there's like, you know, boundaries and and we know what to be working on and know like we have to be filling in Salesforce. We have to be making sure that everything is kind of, you know, I guess you know what's on our plate is is we're, we're doing it and we're making making sure that's filled in. Performance is number one. Are we hitting our KPIs? Our ARR targets? Our even our activity goals? As I mentioned earlier, like you know, October is probably the you know the, the couple first one on ones to look at and say, hey, what is going on here? You know, look looking at your pipeline, is it four x five x? Um, are we able to make sure that our win rate is there and we're able to close that before December 31st um, and then play like we're in, we're in sales? Like, come on, work hard, play hard. Right. Like, I, I, I'm sorry, but like you got to have a little funness to this. Right. Like there, there has to be some joy because we work so damn hard. Um, and it's a freaking grind. So, right? So, um, so those are kind of my five P's. I ran through them pretty quickly. But-
0: I love them all. Like I shut up. It takes a lot to shut me up, Ange. Uh, our <laughs> listeners that have listened to every episode will will like be applauding that you just shut me up. That was that was fantastic. Your five P's again. I I uh, I wrote all of those down. Um, I I like all of it. I, I I think you're right. As I listen to your high level on each one, it's a fantastic framework and. I, don't, I can't tell you which one's most important because I think they're all critical. Um, let me ask you this now that I see this. This this is a framework for your leadership process. Is that a fair way to say Correct. that?
1: Correct. Yes.
0: So I think that most organizations – now we're really going off where we thought – we're going unplugged. We may have to have you back for a second round of what we thought we were going to talk about at this okay. point. Okay? Yeah. Um, and I hope that's okay. Yeah. Um Sales teams everywhere. They invest heavily in sales process. They invest heavily in sales training. They have all kinds of different sales tools. They, they, they work hard to try and equip. That's my, I, everybody talks about enablement. I like the word equip. They try to equip their salespeople. Okay. But I see most sales leaders don't do the same for themselves, or most companies don't do that for their leaders. They don't have a leadership process. They don't have leaders, sales, they have some leadership training, but sales leadership training is different than just leadership in general, or, or what are the sales leadership tools? So you have built a leadership process. How important is having, like, we could talk about sales process. We don't need to do that. How much has having a leadership process helped you in your role as a sales leader?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's vital and you're right. It's not, it's the, it's, not the first thing that's thought of or considered, right. right? So I think what's happening now is a lot of us leaders are going outside and getting coaching. That's kind of been a big popular thing right now because the just the leadership training isn't isn't there. So what I've found is that um, since I've grown some so many people and and helped scale teams, I've taken on making sure that those first time sales managers, because that's 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 really the hard part, right? Where you see a good leader, they may be a team lead, and now we're going to get them to be a first time manager. And it's kind of they're thrown into it. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: And so I've tried to take that on a lot as far as far as mentoring and coaching. I'm not like a certified sales trainer in any way, but I do kind of share what works and I kind of let them blossom and let them see like how things are going and how they're how they're being trusted and respected by their team. Um, but that is like, und- <laughs> un- like a hundred percent. We need to invest more in that. I don't have the straight answer for it because it's always like AEs and SDRs training come first. Right. And, the, and The management and leadership comes second. Um, but yeah, really good point that needs to kind of be first and foremost, because these are the people that are taking us to the next level.
0: Well, I just, I look at this and I can see what you do. Like you, this professionalism all the way down to when you succeed and, 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 and then you play, I, I like everything about it. I could see how that you can use that in every part of the development of a, of a individual person, but also in the development of the culture inside of a team. Right.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think like, you know, understanding, Hey, these are our five P's and this is kind of how we run, run the motor, Um, you know, and everybody's individual and, and, and there's, you know, everybody's different, but if this is kind of our baseline, it helps us Um, because there's always going to be somebody that's like not as good as with process as they are good with like just preparing the best freaking slide deck and like just crushing that demo. Um, And I think, you know, and that's where, again, going back to leadership is where we have to like figure out, you know, how we're managing these people and how we're like, where, where we need to insert help, where we need to kind of push and challenge to get them better Um, and where we need them to just let them fly because they're really good at it. And they're, and they're kind of doing, doing great.
0: So what's your approach to one-on-one coaching? I'm really interested to talk about that a little bit because it comes up a lot in this show. Um, and, and you made a statement that I'd like to sit on for a second. Mm -hmm. You said, Hey, I'm not a certified coach, but I share what I see working. I would argue that that's the very best kind of coach. I think there's a lot of certifications that puts people on a pedestal. And yeah. I think the very best coaches are ones that can act as a tour guide, not a travel agent. Travel agent sits behind the desk and says, here's a brochure of where you can go. Yeah. And, you know, travel agent is the one that's actually on. Not, I mean, the tour guide is the one that's actually on site that says, I'm going to show you not just, you know, I'm not going to take you to the sites. I'm going to show you the ins and outs. They know the way they show the way. And you don't have to be certified to do that. I, I, what, what I like is you're, you're sharing stuff you see working right now, rather than kind of going through a protocol. And so I'm interested to get your take. What makes for effective one-on-ones?
1: Yeah. So I think, you know, obviously figuring out what motivates that individual, what they really want to work on. And they got to be openly admitting to, Hey, this is something I am bad at, which salespeople are not great at. (laughs) So it may take a little push, um, but yeah, like what, what they're motivated by, what they want to get better at. And then I can kind of break that down to say like, great, let's, you know, let's bucket these subjects and, and let me see how I can help. I think, um, um, you're right. I think showing not telling is a really important part of, of the sales leadership and sales management experience. And so Um, typically when I have like harder decisions to make, or there's kind of conflicts between AEs. And if again, back to the first time sales manager, I will bring them in. I'll let them into like the, you know, the situation and kind of walk them through my thinking and how I'm going to resolve it. And then also ask like, what would they do? How would they do it? And because look, you can always learn and you can always have a great conversation of like different opinions. And so Um, so that's one example, but yeah, I mean, my one-on-ones they're, they're, they're mainly focused on, I'm huge on growth. I'm huge on like just challenging ourselves to just, you know, get get better every single day. Um, and then, you know, that's what sales to me is right. It's kind of, I, I put this analogy of like being, um, you know, a wine expert. And you, yeah, you can get certified and you can go to school, and you can do all that, but like there's so much to learn there. And it's just like sales. You continue, you have to, you can't get stagnant. You continue to work on your closing techniques, your negotiation skills, right? Like asking one more better discovery question. Um, and that to me is what sales is. And once you stop, like, forget it. There, the amazing people out in the world today, like that keep pushing and grinding and getting better and better, they're gonna bring in more AR, they're gonna make more money. Than you are. So uh, yeah, that's kind of how, that's my non-sports analogy to sales.
0: <laughs> and I love it. Excuse me. So what I really see right now that's converging is as, as I listen to you talk is this idea of culture is an interesting one, but you just said something that I want to sit in that now for a second, that you're all about growth. What I wrote down here in my notes were you're heavy on growth. How do we get better every day? And so, but just before that, the word I wrote down was enrollment, you know, getting people to sign up, basically getting people to say, yeah, I want, I want these one-on-one experiences. Um, How do you create your culture to be something that we are always getting better? Because let me tell you one of the questions that I get asked a lot. I get questions. One one of the biggest questions I'm asked is, man, I'm not sure how to do one-on-ones with my high performers right now. They look at me and they say, Hey, they're already hitting their number. They'll let me know if they have any." questions. If they need help on a deal, they'll let me know. But mostly I just leave them alone. And and I feel like maybe that's missing out on an opportunity to say we're still growing. So I'm interested in your take. What does it mean to have this culture that's heavy on growth and how do you build that?
1: Yeah. So I, I, so great question. I think um, as a leader, you need to find the holes of your best performers to just kind of tug at, right? To pick at, to, to say like, hey, you think we could It looks like you're forecasting for X amount. Do you think we could push to, you know, maybe three times that or two times that whatever. And then, and then, you know, listen and hear the feedback. And then I think, um, since they're high performers, they're already, hopefully pushing themselves, but, and you're right. We, we kind of like leave them alone and we know what they're going to bring in. And we're we're, like really happy with them. And we try to work on those B players to get them to A players. I think that's like a mistake. I think you need to make sure that those A players are challenged, especially in this environment where it's like the great resonation and everybody's moving and jumping, right? right? Like you got to take care of them because you're, (laughs) because they're getting calls from uh, recruiters all day long. So, um, I will try to, depending, you know, how I get to build trust and know them really well. I'll try to bring up things like, hey, do you think in the next year um, you would be ready for a team lead position, which some individual performers aren't. So let's just take that as an example. Right. Right. Or do you think, you know, if we move to an account management program, would you be able to like, you know, take on that role first person, try it out. It's going to be out of their norm and like planting seeds of like really thinking about what's next for them. I think that's our responsibility as a leader.
0: So that's what I love. I mean, I'm not surprised you said that. I I think having the what's next conversation is different than what have you done conversation.
1: Exactly. And too
0: many people, I think, have the one-on-one or the kind of the coaching session be like progress report. It's like, you know, let's look, let's review your numbers. I, I believe that you can, we've been talking about sports the whole time. I I I look at a basketball coach calling timeout and they pull out their little grease board and they're all huddled around and they're drawing the next play, right? Yeah. And they're not reading the box score on who has the most points. They're not singling someone out saying your shooting percentage sucks today. It's right. what's the next play. Right. And so I love that what's next versus what have you done conversation. And unfortunately, I, for some reason, I think it's people do what was done to them. That's my only yeah. thing that I can think of, right?
1: It could be right. Yeah, that definitely was done to me. There was no, none, of this like, you know, career growth early right. in my career. I mean, later for sure, but early in my career, there was never this like career growth conversation consistently. So it was kind of me to figure out like, okay, well, I'll just keep doing this because I'm good at it, <laughs> you know, um, and maybe I'll get promoted. Yeah.
0: As I listen to you, Ange, I think you could apply that. What's next to a, just this big variety of topics? What's next? in your pipeline targets? What's next in the deals that you're going to either advance or win? What's next in the skills you're going to create in your career? What's next in the assignments you'll take in this company or wherever you go, right? Exactly. You're on the earth. How do we get you to orbit? You're in the orbit. How do we get you to the moon? You've landed on the moon. How do we get you to Mars? You know, that what's next is brilliant. And what does that do to culture? Like, so if you're big on growth and people are trying to grow every day, um do like do we do we celebrate even small growths or do you re- reserve those for big ones i'm i'm interested because i think this culture of growth is something people talk about but few really get to i'd yeah. love i'd love to get your take on you know what does that mean
1: i i mean why wouldn't you celebrate every little milestone and big milestone come on like we're we're living on this earth like let's go here, yeah. once yeah. like yeah. And I, that's again. <clears throat> me as a leader, like I need, I need to make sure that I'm, and that helps with confidence. That helps with like, you know, the continued effort we put in because it is a grind, and it and it can be the hustle. So celebrating those little and big wins, it's it's super important.
0: Yeah, I think we sometimes devalue the process because we yeah. only celebrate when we get across the finish line.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Totally. I, I agree. But that's like. Look, if you look at like, you know, if you do a really good onboarding and ramping, um, you know, for new hires, right? Like you've got to celebrate those like, all right, you're, you know, two months in, you've made, you know, 10 calls, hopefully have two sales, maybe depending on the, you know, the company, yep. but that's celebrating those wins. That's giving confidence. And that like confidence is, a, it's a big part of sales as we know.
0: So let's, let's talk about a couple of things that I know you got, you're really great at that I am excited to now layer those on top of what we just talked about. We've talked about growth. We've talked about your process. We've talked about culture. What are some of the things that are focus points, right? I mean, you're, you're good at that. I've heard, I've read some of your content. I've heard you talk about, you know, kind of these focus factors a a little bit. Um, If you're going to be a great sales leader, any, any, any thoughts about how you keep focused on the right things? Because we have so, I think of this Seinfeld where Kramer's driving the bus trying Mm -hmm. to get trying to get someone to cut off her pinky toe, get the toe to the hospital. And he says he had to keep hitting all the stops because people kept ringing the bell, right? The sales leaders, people keep ringing the bell all the time. How do you maintain that focus that gets you where you need to go with your people?
1: Yeah, it's a a really good question. I think... um, I think it's just, you know, stylistically what I do. Right. So like performance, uh, you know, back to the five piece performance is, is, yep. is probably one of the top because that's like numbers matter. And, and we have to be looking at the leaderboard, but it's right? not, but it's not everything. It's not everything. And then, so back to like your, <laughs> your basketball analogy, like, yeah, in that huddle, I'm probably going to look at the score, but I'm also like thinking through that play that the coach is giving me. And like, how can I make an impact? How can I be part of it? So what I try to do is get this team. It's not about you individual. It's really about that team for focusing, right? We have numbers, we have a team goal. We all have individual numbers, but like let's focus on the team goal and kind of the individuals will fall or the the statistics will fall. Um, I think that's probably what I do. I've never really thought about it. I'm, I'm just, I'm one of those people that it's like, I'm very inclusive. I'm, I'm, a very much about team to the broader team. Right. And then on individual, like one-on-ones an individual, it's more about like, okay, you, it's all about them um, and how you're making an impact with the team. Like, wow, that's great. You know, your contribution is this, but okay. What's next. What's next. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's, I guess that's what I do. I've never really like actually thought of it.
0: Yeah. I think that's a massive challenge that we have. Uh, We have different size teams, different size goals, different challenges. We have the, we have this responsibility to meet people where they are. Then they're all going to be in different places. Right.
1: Right. Right. Um,
0: And, and, and then we have to manage up to the people that are wanting numbers from us. We have to partner laterally, and then we got to keep leading up. And so it's, I think we have the hardest job in, in all of business, but it's just largely under under like, developed and it's like what you've done. You figured it out on your own. And that's why I'm so interested in your, in your kind of blueprint here. It's, it's an awesome one. I love it. So um, let's, let's, let's develop that one just a little bit further. So when you're developing this team, this culture of high growth and these people that are looking for what's next, is there anything in particular that like you say, Hey, these are some of the things that are elements to build a culture that's a what's next culture
1: um so i think yeah so i think you need to be able to be vulnerable and when i say that like admit you maybe didn't do it the right way we could have gotten more ha. like i want them to be able to admit like you know what yeah, I didn't do the best demo I could have today, and mm-hmm. why not? And like, let's let's like un, let's go like uncover the layers there, let's look under the hood. I don't want to do that all the time, but I want people to be really um, thinking that again. It's not a common trait for salespeople because we kind of think that we do a lot of things right and we're really good at things. Well, I, let's right? sit on that.
0: Don't move past that. That's okay. a big deal. We we have people that have. <clears throat> strong self-esteem. They're very confident. They have to be confident because we're asking yeah. them to do a hard job. And sometimes um, sitting down and saying, what's next? Uh, you know, coaching doesn't necessarily mean we're doing something wrong, but it does mean that we got places to go that we might not be yet. Right.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. But, and that yeah, that's, it's a really good point. I, I think um, one thing you you may, we may touch on later is like, you know, in that interviewing process, right. When I meet these people, like one of the things I say is like, what is your biggest career mistake? It could be, it's it's a tough one for really um, early on, like people just starting in sales, obviously, but for people that have been in it for, you know, two to three years, like, I want to hear, I want to hear them tell me a, a story because like, we all make mistakes. It's okay. But like admit it. And like, how did they rebound from that is really, really important. And then also, you know, what they, you know, what's your best attribute. Okay, great. But what's also like where you need to improve, you know, in your sales game. Um, And I'd love to hear that, like admit it, just like, and then, and then if you're on my team, I'm going to help you with that. That's like my promise to like getting you better.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about that. You can see my face. I'm listening to you. I love everything about that. And I wonder like, that's a really cool. That's a really cool attribute to get these people that are, have that kind of self-awareness can that kind of self-awareness be taught?
1: It's like, it's like fire in the belly. I'm not yeah, like, I don't that. know. That's
0: a really, it's yeah. interesting because it's, it's almost like you're walking a tight wire, right? Um, you don't want to have this. Woe is me. You want to make sure we keep that and we don't want to beat people down. How do you teach people that self-awareness? Because I'm with you, Ange. I think that if you got people that will not enroll in the concept of improvement, then it's a tough, that's a tough one to have.
1: It's a tough one. And you're always going to have like a, like a small, well, I want a small percentage of those people on my team. It's hard to have 0%. And I think you're right. And I think, I think it's not taught. I think it's in, like in us. It's, it's, and again, it's like that grit and that hustle. I can't teach you that. That's what like, I can help a lot. I can coach you. I can mentor you on a lot of shit. I cannot teach you that. You either, you either have good work ethic or you don't. And I'm not going to sit here and like waste my time on like telling you how to like be good at that. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to sacrifice my time to get you better at like the areas where you really want to improve at and where I see like, Hey, look, this is a B player. That's definitely could be an A plus player. But I think you're right. I think that's something that I'm not too sure if I can. And that's why I ask it in the interviewing process, right? Because I want to hear how uh, honest they are how again, vulnerable and how like open they are, because I tend to see sometimes salespeople aren't like that.
0: How do you connect to them? If our job is to correct and help people, maybe that's bad. I mean, we want to improve people. We want to be in the people development business, right? That's what yeah. business we're in a sales leaders. How do you connect with people so you can know and have that kind of relationship? Any any best practices or tips that you could share? Cause that's one of those things that you're great at. We got thousands of people listening. Uh, We do have a great resignation or a great reshuffling going on right now. Uh, It's been said many times that people don't quit companies, they quit their leaders. Uh, But we also have to be more than a friend. we got to be somebody that, back to your word, professionalism that you start with. How do you have that kind of professionalism that helps you connect? One of my
1: Jepsonism
0: says connect before you correct. How, How do you do that?
1: I think that's just like selling, having a good attribute for selling, right? Like trust. I have to build trust. I have to get to know you a little bit pers- personally. Um, I want you to get to know me and who I am. And then I, I just want to find the connection pieces quickly. It's like that, you know, that cold call where you're like trying to build rapport and you're trying to figure out like, you're really good at it. Right. Like as soon as we got on, on you know, the phone, your rapport skills were amazing. And like, that's obviously a good attribute for a salesperson. But like, for me, I go back to relationship selling and I want to, Connect with the person right away, and I want them to trust me. And I don't want to continue on that sales journey or that sales process if I feel like they're not. Literally, I'd rather build more rapport <laughs> than go into my discovery and to and to start going into my demo because, like, I and you can feel it sometimes. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm not jiving here. We're not connecting, right? And I don't know if they're gonna buy from me. And so it's the same thing, you know, as a, as a leader, right? I want to just make sure that I I do that and um it that's hard. That's just like kind of, you know, observing and listening and just, and just seeing if there are little bits that we can talk about and connect, and then people can, you know, kind of open up to me. I,
0: I think that that's so important. I love the, I love the, the parallel you drew that just like a salesperson has to find, you know, the problem of a customer and connect to that and then use that to build trust we have to connect to our reps in a similar way. What do you want in your career? What do you want? Like, I I like the, the the viewpoint Ange, that when someone takes a job with our company, they're making a a intentional decision to dedicate X amount of their professional cycles with us. And frankly, with me as their leader. And so they, they want something from me, just like a prospect wants something from our company that rep wants something from us. And, I, I, I I guess here's my, my next, I'd love to get your take on this. I have a great sales leader that it was one of those classic ones. He was top performer that was promoted to become sales manager. Okay. And he is a great deal doer. And he, again, one of those people that never really got coaching, you know, all he ever got was like a lot of us got, here's your territory. Here's your quota. Here's your, here's your warning. Don't miss. Right. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And so he always did it, and so he's like rob he's like, man, he's like my people like he's getting this feedback from us from the three sixty reviews that his people that don't trust him the word that you use, they don't trust him and he's like i don't understand it because i'm trying not to bug them I'm trying not to bug them I, I I don't want to they know I'm here if they have questions, but if they don't have questions, then I figure they're good and so how how common do you think that is that perspective Oh,
1: I'm sure it's like yeah, it's very common, and I think that's where like I think um, they need to figure out exactly where they can give, like make an impact and give input. Right. So he, they were obviously very, very successful. Yeah. And maybe the people that they're leading have been doing well. And I think that's where you have to figure out like, Oh yeah. Like may, maybe making, Hey, like on that deal, it looks like, you know, you did really well. Walk me through it. Tell me about it. Asking the rep to walk them through it. And then perhaps, if there's some trust building and rapport building, like they can say, Hey, I, I would have done this, but it looks like, you know, you did this. And I I think it's kind of just deal deal scenarios and, and trying to gain trust because you can go into a one-on-one and, and start to get to know each other personally. But at the end of the day, that AE needs to needs to see that person as a leader, not just a high performer like they were. Mm. And I, and I think input, um, back to our original point about like congratulating them on like little milestones and like giving them, you know, giving some um giving them props. I think that helps. It's all based off of like how they can be open and how they can kind of be, you know, and listen to the AE. I'm
0: so glad you brought this up because I think this is a big challenge. Um that we got a lot of sales leaders that frankly I think that the, all the investment historically has been, let's build this great sales team and let's have sales people that create a consistent experience for our customers and prospects. And I think we're starting now to catch up and say we need to build these great sales leaders and we need to have this consistent development experience for our reps. Right. Right. Um, but it's behind it's behind. And when I meet people like you that have figured it out, you'll have to forgive me. I love to sit in it for a minute because I, I find it super refreshing. And I, I think that that's why there's like this crisis. A, a recent study said that 83% of the reps in the United States think that the, what they, what their leader thinks is, is great coaching is worthless and, yeah. and not helpful. And, and I think it's because they don't have what you just said. They don't have that connection so you have to forgive me that I know that this is like a different conversation than we thought we we're going to have, but I love it. This is yeah. really natural. You use the word trust. I've been hired to give a speech in front of 2,500 people on how to be a trusted advisor. And I love doing a, a, an exercise where I have everybody write down, you know, all the synonyms they can think of for trust. And then I put them in groups and I say, share your word. How many of you agreed on how many words did all of you have on your list? Usually it's like one word and no one ever agrees with what the synonyms of trust are. And so it's a fat word. It's a super important one. It's like the senator's definition of pornography when he's like, I can't tell you what it is, but I know it when I see it, right? (laughs) Any thoughts on trust and how you build it? I mean, listen, I think it's the currency of relationship management. I think it's something that we don't have enough of most of the time. There's this always like this little skepticism. It's me against you sometimes. How do you break that? How do you build trust? Could you talk just for a minute on what you think trust is and and some thoughts for our leaders on how they might be intentional in building it?
1: Yeah, you got me nervous to find trust. So I'm going to skip that question. I'm not going to ask
0: you to. That's (laughs) fine. Um, I
1: think think the way in which to do it is rapport. Mm. I think. That helps with connection. I think trying to um, uh, trying to you know connect in a way in which the the person on the other line or Zoom or wherever is is able to kind of see your value. I think uh, you know as salespeople we bring a lot of value, and I think some people get so they push back on us because it's like they've been attacked by salespeople. Attacked is a very right. good- but, but like they have that, like, Hey, I'm I'm good, but honestly <laughs> there's value there. And I, you know, I'll try tend to read emails and, and not listen to all the calls I get, but I try to just see the tactics that they use. And I, you know, look, personalization, right. I want somebody to know me that goes back to my five P's with preparation. Like don't email me, not knowing a thing about me just because I'm a VP of sales. Like I don't, right. I'm not going to read your email. And so where, yeah, so you did your research, you, look, you looked at that, and maybe there's a connection. Maybe you know somebody that went to my, you know, school. Maybe you know somebody that I've worked with in the past. Okay, great. That might, you know, that might help, um, but I think it's really just, it's being able to have a great conversation with this person, and knowing, like, oh, they're giving me short answers. They're not, you know, no, they're not answering my open-ended questions, right? They're, okay. They want to move on, and, and being able to say that, like, hey, just would love to you know, chat with you a little bit, get to know each other. And if they're not into that, great, let's move on to the product. I'd love to ask you some questions about, you know, your needs and and what you're looking for. Being able to um, understand a room. Like, I think comedians are really great. I think they, most of the time, right? Like They know how to like kind of shift. And it's obviously all because of the the laughter and how much laughter is going on versus not. Um, And that's a really good trait. I, you know, like back in the day, as a sales exercise, we all took a comedy lesson just to like get up there and be and humiliate ourselves, but also like, you know, figure out those sorts of things that, um, you know, owning that room and being able to like, know. and it's harder on zoom, especially if you don't have the camera on but like it's you know um it's it's being it's nice to be able to look somebody in the eye and say ah, you know what they're really not paying attention to me and they're definitely looking at their slack <laughs> Versus, right. wow, i'm getting right. great answers from this person and they're telling me about their weekend and okay this is good i'm going to keep going here on a little bit so i don't have the um i don't have the playbook but i do have some great ideas on like connection and and, and trust building and i think um, yeah. it's one of the most important skills that we need to develop as salespeople.
0: I think you're dead on. And so thank you for letting me go off uh, plan this whole conversation today. I I get distracted easily. Ange, and especially when I meet, when I meet someone that's got depth like you do, it's easy. It's easy to happen. So um, we're, we're running out of time. It went fast. I knew it would. Um, What I want to do is do our kind of three question wrap up. And then I want to come back and get any final thoughts you have, if that's okay. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's wrap. With uh, kind of rapid fire, uh, I'm excited to get your answers on these. Let's start with number one. you ready? Yeah okay, biggest sales leadership challenge you see right now and how do you beat it?
1: Uh, yeah, so there are probably a couple, but I think right now it's um, it's just maintaining culture in, in this remote mm-hmm. first world we live in and making sure your your sales team's happy, content, and you know staying tuned in. Um, because again, at any moment they could go somewhere else. So I think it's just finding really unique ways. I don't have I don't have every I don't have all the answers, but I know that's a challenge for our CLS leaders across the globe.
0: Yeah, it's a massive one. I think you nailed it. So thank you. Second one, I know you got good thoughts here, and so uh, I'm excited to hear what you have to say. When, when you're hiring teams and you've done that successfully at a couple of different spots, you're, you're, it's one of your superpowers. Okay, when you're building teams do you have a go-to interview question or topic and what is it And when you're, when you leverage that kind of, what are you looking for?
1: Yeah. So I've three or four that I love to ask, obviously what's your biggest career mistake? If they've been you shared best- that. Yeah. Um, what's your best sales attribute. And then obviously where you need to approve on, but also lastly, describe your most rewarding win in sales. What mm-hmm. I'm looking for in that is just like the, the grit and the hard work. And like how long it took and what they had, what they had to do. I want to hear that. Even if it's an SMB sale versus an enterprise sale, I don't care. I want to hear kind of, the, I want to hear the story behind that.
0: I love it. Yeah. I, I, I think building that team uh, is, is so it's, this is the question that came from our listeners. They asked me to ask this, We're putting it into an ebook. So these are great. These will make the book for sure. Cool. And, uh, and I appreciate you sharing those because it is hard to build a good team. Uh, it's hard. Last one say that we found leaders quite often are readers. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I don't care if it's turning pages or if it's listen to audibles or if you like them in bite-sized chunks like podcasts or, or blogs. Is there something you would suggest to our listeners that they get their hands on and consume?
1: I, I'm not a massive reader, but I love uh, Jeb Blunt's books. There's I love one, Jeb. Yeah. yeah. Sales, sales EQ is just like, I don't know. It's It's very much like. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the, it's a good standard, right? There's a lot, a lot of great practices in there and, um, reminders of things maybe you've learned or I've heard in the past. And then Simon Sinek's always really good to, you know, obviously start with the why, but leaders eat at least last is that's a
0: great book, by the way. That one's a great book. Yeah. All right. So let's before we get your final thoughts. How do they get more of you? How do they get more Ange? I follow you. I like I like the stuff you share. Uh, how do they l- learn more about Ange? Connect with you uh, if they want to learn more about Crunchbase, the whole deal. How, how do they connect with you and what you're all about right now?
1: Yeah, find me on LinkedIn. Obviously, um, email me. My email is Irish Ange nice. at gmail um, Always up and available for chats and and getting to know people and. Um, thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. I hope, hopefully I'll be invited back sometime.
0: Well, we have a whole nother show. We still have to do. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, so any final thoughts, like I said, you got you got thousands of people listening to you right now. we got sales leaders all around the world. We've had a great conversation around culture. We've had a great conversation around growth. We've had had some great tips that you shared on coaching and trust and, 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 all of those great things that we'd spent so much time on. Do you have any final thoughts? Want to put a bow on it for everyone? Hey, a couple, two or three things you might think of as you sign off.
1: Yeah. If you, if you think there's something wrong with your culture, it needs to improve. It probably does. So like, think about that for 2022 and how you really kind of make it better. Um, And then honestly, career trajectory. It's, it's, it's a hot topic. Everybody wants to know where they're going next. What's next? Like we said, um, and and as leaders, that's our responsibility to our team.
0: I love it. She's Ange McManaman. She's helping organizations all around the world, uh, salespeople everywhere, starting to get better at what they do. I love her leadership process. If all you do is go back and adopt her five Ps, you will be a better sales leader. And I am so pumped to have had you join our show. And as I say to everyone. Happy selling.
1: Rob, you're amazing. Thank
0: you. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What? portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, I want to thank my friends at Scipio for their ongoing support in the Sales Leadership Podcast. Texting is one of the last platforms where you can really differentiate how you engage your customers. And there's no doubt in my mind that texting needs to be part of the modern sales process. I've done my homework, and I have dug into Scipio's product, and I love it. Since we've started this partnership with Scipio, I've had several sales managers hit me up and tell me just how much they like the Scipio platform. Its simplicity, powerful features, and the impact texting done right creates, it makes this tool a no-brainer for the modern salesperson. Listen, not all text messaging platforms are created equal. And if you're looking to engage more with your clients and also get more prospects to your demos and discovery meetings – Start using Scipio. Scipio's platform is the most powerful, most personal one I've ever seen. It's that simple. I know the team personally, and I know they will give you an amazing experience. Take advantage of a free month with no strings, compliments of the Sales Leadership Podcast. Head to Scipio.com and tell them I sent you by using the code ROB on the sign-up page. You're going to be blown away how quickly the right text platform can change the game for the members of your team. Now, This podcast is also brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. And if you're like most sales leaders and you've been left to figure out your sales sales leadership system on your own, I'd love to talk to you. Because while there's no shortcuts to success, you will get there faster if you take the most direct route. And if you like the content of this podcast, you'll love the content in our community for sales leaders, Sales Leadership United. Think of it as the Home Depot for sales leaders. It's got my very best content, over 100 hours of training materials with new stuff coming every week. You can find everything you need in Sales Leadership United. And if you've never had a coach in your corner, I'm telling you, now is a really great time to give it a try. Because the greatest performers in the world in every discipline, they invest in themselves. And the leaders I'm coaching, they're having the best years of their careers as we find those small improvements that create huge impact. So save your most precious resource, your time. Small improvements create disproportionate results in both sales and sales leadership. And if you want to win just a little more and can do it just a little faster, you will create massive results. If you want to find those small advantages that will give you those massive results, hit me up today. Now, I've been trying to get Ange on this show for a long time, and I hope you enjoyed having her on the show as much as I did. I love this conversation because this convo was filled with gold. The funny thing is, Angie and I didn't even get to the stuff we thought we were going to talk about, but I'm glad this went down the way it did because it was a really important conversation. She talked about being heavy on growth, creating a sales culture where you choose growth. In fact, you chase growth every single day. And I think this is more important than many people may realize. I think this is kind of an afterthought to too many sales leaders. And as I was thinking about my conversation with Ange, it reminded me of that movie, The Matrix, starring Keanu Reeves and Laurence Fishburne. By the way, Matrix 4 is coming out in December, and I will be watching that on the day it opens. Now, there's a really important scene where the role played by Keanu, a guy named Neo, has to make a decision. Does he choose knowledge or does he choose to maintain status quo? And he has to take the red pill or the blue pill. One leads to challenges and all kinds of work. The other keeps them in a state of blissful ignorance. Neo in this show chose the red pill or the way of growth. As sales leaders, we're kind of like that Morpheus role who's played by Lawrence Fishburne. We need to have the red pill, blue pill conversation with each member of our team. But the rep has to choose the pill that she wants to take. We can't force it on her. The red pill is the choice of growth. The blue pill is a choice of status quo. And in the movie, once you take the pill of your choice, there is no turning back. Neil only had to make the choice once. But as sales leaders, we have to make the red pill, blue pill decision every single day. And our salespeople need to make that same choice every single day as well. So this episode ended up being about creating an environment where people can choose growth and then can get there. She referred to the one-on-one as a time when we as leaders plant the seeds of growth with our team members. I loved that visual. But the one-on-one is planting this these seeds of growth where people visualize something more. They visualize something better. It's a time to look forward and think bigger and, and make a plan on how you will become better. And Anne shared a really strong process that has helped her build this kind of sales culture where people choose Red Pill every single day. I love that. Um, if you go back and listen to Ange, Everything starts with trust. That's the currency we trade on. And I, it, it was just so cool to me to have this conversation just kind of emerge as we went down this road together. Because everything that she talked about today is about growth, a culture of growth, observations on where growth can come from, providing support that facilitates growth, and continuing to plant the seeds of growth. So when the red pill, blue pill moment comes, those reps choose the red pill. They choose growth because you built an environment where growth is fostered and expected and celebrated. And as a result, it is very, very real. Some people fear the red pill because they see actual growth as a myth or a dream that's only reserved for a few that get it. That's why you got to create red pill culture at your company. Implement Andrew's five Ps because that will give people a reason to believe But I'm telling you, this kind of belief and this kind of culture will never be a natural byproduct. This is something you're going to have to be really intentional about, like Ange is. It's why it came up so quickly. It's why she was able to talk about it with so much depth without me preparing her for it. Because if you are able to do this and have this kind of depth, if you are able to create this kind of environment, then you have a chance to create elite impact with the people you lead. And that, that's something worth chasing. If you can create an environment where your team members are choosing red pill every single day, then there's no obstacle you can't overcome. You'll see a different level of discretionary effort. You'll see a different approach to challenges. You'll see a different level of ownership in their careers. So I know that we just had Halloween weekend and I hope you all had fun, okay? But go be Morpheus this week, okay? That's who I want you to to, to be. Take on the Morpheus persona this week, this month, this quarter, this year, And by that, what I mean is help your team choose Red Pill, create Red Pill moments every day, and then give them an environment where the Red Pill takers, they can succeed, they can be legendary, they can be epic, they can be elite. Ange, thank you for joining me this week. Thank you for sharing your insights about how you get teams to choose growth, to grow intentionally, and how you've built a system to make this happen predictably. Kudos to you on your amazing success and the impact you've created for so many salespeople for your entire career. And to all of our listeners, if you haven't connected with Ange, hit her up. She's a great follow. You'll be glad you did. Thanks also to my friends at Scipio. Listen, if you haven't done it already, head over to Scipio.com and take advantage of the free 30-day trial by using their world-class texting tool for yourself. I promise you, you will thank me for it. Go to the sign-up link, enter the code ROB, and start communicating with the prospects the way they want to be communicated with. You are going to get results faster than you thought possible. Finally, thanks to each of you, our listeners. If you liked this episode, do me a solid. Head to iTunes. Give me a five-star review on, on iTunes. It goes a long way in helping us get the best guests in the world on our show. But the best compliment you can give me is to just share the episode with your friends and colleagues. Give it to someone who needs to hear it. And then go be elite. Live strong, chase your passions, and whatever you do, don't ex- don't worry, just execute, because we got you. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jeppg.com. That's rob at jeppg.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner...